Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Good, man. It's so good to see you all. Happy New Year and all the rest. And um, yeah, it really is a privilege for me to get uh, to preach the very first Sunday of a brand new year, a brand new decade. It's, uh, it's wonderful. It wasn't intended uh, by humans, but maybe by God, because uh, actually it was Luke's, Luke's slot today. But, uh, but actually, as it turns out, and I'll get to it just now, um, there's a word, <clears throat> the, the word I want to bring uh, about today has is, is got some relevance for this, for this decade. And in a way, it's probably a good thing that we start off a new decade with this word. So, uh, yeah, I... I apologize in advance if I start crying. <laughs> it's almost impossible for me to preach without crying because I do feel that, you know, God's an emotional, emotional father. And sometimes he gets emotional about us. I get emotional about him. So anyway, let's push on. Uh, 2019, how was that for everybody? Was it a fantastic year? A year of great energy, um, success, for me it was uh, diabolical. When I say diabolical, it was a year of incredible, yeah, it just seemed like it just carried on, time after time, day after day, week after week. Uh, from, from about beginning of April, in fact, even probably March, I don't think I went through a week where the landscape did not change for me. Um, I was, um, we all know about uh, the, the, the great, op- the great uh, things that happened within Hillside and the changes, and, and that was quite a, a tough but also challenging, exciting time. There were a lot of things that were going there. On the work front, I um, <clears throat> literally, like I say, from, in fact, February, I, I presented some plans to our board and, and, uh, and put those, started putting those into action. And then change after change after change just got sprung on me. Uh, I had some major significant people uh, resign, move within the group internationally. Um, it was almost like, man, I should have been taking anti-nausea pills because it was just continuous change. But, but, but through that, God really was speaking to me about rest and, what, and the importance of rest in in my life, and ultimately in the lives of all Christians. And, um, and on two separate occasions, God spoke to me about, he gave me two phases. One is rest is faith, and on a se- separate occasion, rest is trust. Literally spoken to me, those, th- those two sets of three words. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, is about, is about rest. Um, you know, I think one of the things that, that Satan quite enjoys doing is keeping us very, very busy. Um, you know, doing the things of God, and, and you know what, if you, can't, if you can't actually take them out of doing the things of God, well then make them do the things of God faster, more of, busier, better, you know, better programs, better stuff. Um, and then at least you can keep them away from the Father, you know. You get them, you get them. I remember speaking to my dad once, and... Um, my dad was a horticulturist, so I tend to refer back to horticultural themes, and we'll get to the mustard seed later. And, and he was telling me about a certain type of weed killer. He says, you know, the way that that weed killer works is it actually is, it makes the weed grow so fast that it outgrows its own resources. 
and then it dies. And, um, and I think that's what sometimes the enemy does to us, and sometimes we shouldn't even give the enemy the credit for that. I think we do it to ourselves. And that's the word for this morning. I think that we have to actually stop. You know, Mary and Martha, we know the story that, um, that Mary sat at Jesus' feet. It's in Luke 10. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened. And Martha was busy doing the thing that was right, actually, the hospitality thing, taking care, preparing the meal. And, and, and uh, not that Jesus didn't actually rebuke Martha. He actually invited Martha. He said, Martha, come and do the thing, the important thing, that is spend time in my presence. Listen to what I have to say. And I think that's, that's really the, the, the essence of today. In 2009, well, let me give you the backstory. I, I, please know when I preach, I, I never, ever ask people for input, okay? Because normally, because I, I, I'm a bit nervous about what I'm going to say, so I'd just rather do my own and rather not get criticized by other people. Um, and th- but this time, I actually asked a couple of friends to, you know, I said, I'm, I'm preaching on rest, have you got a word? And the, and the one friend of mine, who, who some of you may know, Colin Walker, he's a highly prophetic guy down in Cape Town. He said, do you know that in 2009, there was a, prof- a prophecy given by Bob Jones uh, on the decade starting 2020 about rest? This was 10 years ago, and I'll read the prophecy to you. And this was before... Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even connect the dots around the first uh, weekend in the year. In the decade, the 2020s, this is uh, a quote, the 2020s will reveal the rest of God to where the body will come into a place of resting in God, where God will rest in us. And in this rest, the enemy will not be able to do warfare because we are resting in God and he is resting in us. And he will accomplish the things he means to do in a people that is at rest. He has always wanted a people that, w- that will come into his rest. There never, has been, there never has been one, but rest is on the way. And that was 10 years ago. So now my eyes get blurry, so I can't read. Okay. So I'll read a couple of scriptures about rest, but I think the reality is we all know that rest is a good thing. And, and um, Psalm 37 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Isaiah 30 says, This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. And then this is where to, to focus. Uh, uh, Hebrews 4.1. The NIV says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of, our, none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So I always, to get the full three-dimensional view, I always go to other translations, and Passion Translation says, Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. Don't you think that's good? The Living Bible even gets stronger. The Living Bible says this. Although God's promise still stands, his promise that all may enter his place of rest, we ought to tremble with fear because some of you may be on the verge of failing to get there after all. Okay. 
So if we know that it's good, we know we should go there, I could give you a thousand reasons why we should physically and whatever. Why don't we? So I, I, um, I canvassed a couple of people and got some feedback. Firstly, it never seems that urgent. We can always rest tomorrow. Okay? But the thing that we need to do now is more urgent. Let's get to that first. I think we often think we'll achieve more by carrying on than by stopping. Okay, right? We're halfway through. Let's just carry on. Push away. It's just a little bit more further. We always have stuff to do. And I think sometimes if we were to be very Christian about it and very, it's actually just sometimes outright selfish. Okay, why should we rest and let, while everybody else is still working? Why should we be seen to be the guys resting? I think in reality, the reality is in a culture where where hectic schedules and the relentless pursuits of productivity is the order of the day. We're tempted to measure our worth by how busy we are, by how much we accomplish, or by how well we meet the expectations of others. If I said to my boss, Jürgen, I, um, there's so much to do, but I'm just going to take a day off. I don't know if that would go down very well. But, but the reality is, it does sometimes take the courage to stop. It's a bold thing. And, um, and I think what I wanted to um, touch on are four, four things, the reasons why we really, really, really need to rest. They're actually, the four things lead on one to each other. And if you, if you get the first, it leads to the second, which leads to the third, etc. Firstly, the place of rest is where we meet God. I'm not saying that God... Is not with us all the time. I'm not saying that God doesn't rush to us when we ask him to. I'm not saying that God isn't all around, everywhere, all the time. But when we go to the place of rest, we, need, we actually actively meeting him. You see, in this world, peace, I think if you say, you know, people want to look forward to Christmas and they look forward to a holiday, peace is the absence of something. It's the absence of those work pressures. It's the absence of the schedules. In his kingdom, peace is the presence of someone. You see, last year, in my hecticness, I couldn't escape it. But, but, but there was a, an overriding awareness that God was there with me. And often I'd go to my office and I'd say, and I'd literally walk in the door, close the door. It wasn't like I was taking an hour away or two days or, uh, retreat or anything, but I'd go to my office, close the door and, and say, God, what must I do? I found him. And he met me there. He gave me peace. I think if you speak to any of the leaders uh, about what, what happened with, through the period last year, now, I don't want to dwell on that, but, but you, I think the overriding common denominator was peace was here. We had peace. And when we'd step aside of the hectic and find God, we met him. You know, in, Isaiah, in Psalm 46, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. How's this uh, also passion translation? It says, Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. Here he stands. The commander, the mighty Lord of angels' armies is on our side. 
the God of Jacob fights for us, pours in his presence. Selah. Isn't that amazing? I think the second, the second thing is that he reminds us of stuff. You know, I was saying to Kath earlier, we, we live in complete ignorance of what we actually possess, what he's already placed in us. Um, and we often pray for stuff that he's already given us, he's already put in us. Um, and um, in Ephesians 1, 15, if you were going to take a scripture away from, from this teaching, then take Ephesians 1, 15. It says, this is Paul's prayer for the church. For this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you remembering in your prayer, remembering you in my prayers. Here's the key. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you would know him better. I keep asking our Father to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you'd know him better. Then he goes on to name three things. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you would know, one, the hope to which he has called you. Two, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And three, his incomparable great power for those of us who believe. One, the hope to which he has called us. Two, the, the glorious, his glorious inheritance. Have you ever thought about that? He, he wants to remind us to remind ourselves about the fact that we are, we are his glorious inheritance. He gets excited about us. Uh, Tanya this morning in our prayer meeting, she brought Zephaniah 3. It was about that he, he rejoices over us with dancing. Why? Because we are his inheritance. He's the, we are his part of the bargain. Isn't that wonderful? We, we are what he gets out of this whole deal. The power, then, he go, then Paul goes on about the power. He says the power is the very same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly, in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the age to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything. Why? Why? For his church. That is us. Who is us? The fullness, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Isn't that amazing? I just, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the Living Bible says, verse 18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. I want you to realize that God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been given to him. And I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. Last time I, um, I used a phrase, I hope it wasn't disrespectful, but I said, um, I used a phrase, suck it up, cupcake. I don't know if you all remember that, but 
But so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say we should remember this uh, teaching by the phrase, shut up and sit down. Because when we, get, when we sh- <clears throat> shut up and sit down, we get a revelation of the what, the who, and the how. What we have in us, who we are to him, and how we're going to do it through the power that is at work. We have to shut up and sit down. Stop doing our thing. And sometimes even in our times of resting, we, we actually pull out the, the scripture of the day and our teaching and whatever, and we like actively jump in. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I mean, don't stop studying the word. But sometimes you just have to shut up, sit down, and listen. Let him remind you of those things. Okay, so the first was we meet him there. The second was... He reminds us of stuff. The third is, well, it actually is an outward demonstration to our bodies of a spiritual posture. And this is what, what I think God was saying to me about trust and faith. You see, it's about bringing our mind and our, our body into alignment with the spiritual reality. I don't know about you guys, but <clears throat> there's, there's one thing that happens to me when I travel long haul. And I, as those of you who know me know that I fly quite often long haul. And, and it's after you've gone through check-in and you've, you've passport control and security and whatever, and, and you make the boarding line and you sit, in, eventually you sit in your seat. And there's like a tangible, huh, there's actually nothing more you can do. You're there. Whether the plane is going to be delayed or in time or whatever's going to happen, who's going to sit next to you, whatever, there's nothing you can do. It's out of your hands. It's like a moment of rest. It's, for me, a tangible. It's like, and, and don't get me wrong, I understand that people who are scared of flying and the people who are scared of exams, so this may not apply to you. But also when, when I sit in exams, I'm not scared of exams, but there's a moment that you're sitting in your seats, you've done all your prep, before they say, turn your paper over, there's a moment of rest for me. There's nothing more I can do. I guess it's, it's like Noah. You know, he's got all his animals in the ark and uh, closes a door. Now what? Nothing you can do. Out of interest, you know what Noah means? The name Noah means rest. How's that? The other complete arbitrary thing. The Noah last year was the second most popular name, I think in the U.S., obviously not globally, but in the U.S., second most popular registered name was the word Noah, rest. May that be a declaration for 2020. The most popular name was uh, Liam, which is my other son's name. But uh, Resolute Protector. So we'll take that too. Sorry, Ethan, you checked in at what, number 11, I think. <laughs> Hey, listen, it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Okay, so Noah is a, it's a demonstration of rest. We're in, we close the door, there's nothing more we can do. And I think that for me, when you choose to take the bold step on rest, to stop what you're doing, it, it's telling your body and your mind, guys, just hold up there. I want to let my spirits catch up. And, uh, and I think that's, that's uh, important. You see, it's actually a de- demonstration, a declaration that we live by grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, it says, we're saved by grace through faith. But the reality is our, our 
walk in our daily um, life should be about walking the same way as the way that we're saved. It's, it's walking by faith and by grace. You know, when we are saying we have to do it, we have to do this thing because it has to be done. I have to make this meal for somebody. I have to pray for so-and-so, and I have to do this, and I have to prepare a speech, a preach, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. Actually, you know, stop. If you're feeling that, that internal coil is being wound up, stop. I'm not talking, again, half an hour, an hour. You may, it may just mean five minutes. Okay, but just find God in that, in that moment. Yeah, there's a story, and I'm now going completely off script, but I did hear this. It was about a, 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 an explorer going to Africa, and he, they got their, the guys who take their stuff, and they moved really, really fast on the first day. I don't know if you've heard this story, and I'm probably misquoting some facts or something, but really, really fast the first day, and the guy leading the expedition was saying, yeah, we are going to make such good time. And then so day two came, and they were like, okay, let's go. And, and all of the guys who were carrying the stuff just was parking there. They were waiting. And they said, he said, what, what are we doing? He said, no, no, we're waiting for our souls to catch up. <laughs> and sometimes that is what we have to do. We have to wait for our spirits and souls to catch up. Um, guys, don't get me wrong. Speaking from a guy who is very busy, I promise you, Taking the bold step to rest is, takes courage. It does not make sense. It takes courage to rest. You know, it takes courage to not do those things that seem obvious to us, but, but it is about being bold. So when you find yourself feeling frustrated or getting overwhelmed, I said that internal spring, remember to stop, get your focus back on him and enter into his rest once again. You see, the rest of God is not a rest from work. It's a rest in work. Again, this morning in the prayer meeting, someone almost quoted this verbatim, or said this verbatim, it's partnering with God to do what He is calling you to do by His grace and leaving the part you can't into His hands, trusting Him to do it. Live by grace and enjoy God's rest. Okay, and then the fourth thing. Last week... Um, we, we painstakingly went around and collected all the mustard seeds that you guys had thrown in the carpets, and we refilled the jar. No, jokes is jokes. We're going to have a fantastic crop of mustard one day, <laughs> if we ever have a flood in here. But here's a, here's a new jar of mustard seeds. For me, the fourth thing is, once we've met with God, two, He's reminded of us of what we have. Three, We've aligned our body and mind into this, this moment of rest and saying that it is not our doing, it is not our effort, it is His that is going to make things happen. The last thing is that rest is the incuba incubator of faith. You know, you, you know for me, it's, it's the place, and, and I know it's maybe stretching the analogy, but it's the place where the mustard seed of faith is planted. Where does the seed germinate? In a dark, secret place. It doesn't germinate with fanfare. It doesn't, you know, if I took one of these seeds and said to you, Roger, what do you see in there? If you told me that he, was, uh, he saw a tree, I'd tell him he's being too spiritual. <laughs> you see, it's a seed. It's a seed. But if I went up to him and said, Roger, do you know there's a tree in there? You plant this mustard seed. There's a tree in there. That's, let's plant it together. 
And I think that's what God does in those quiet places. Once he's reminded us, he takes that seed of faith and, and we plant it together and it starts growing. It's, it's the incubator of faith. It's about hearing his voice whisper to us in our ear what is possible. And then we take our little thing that we can bring and we plant it. So those are the four things. One, we meet God there. Two, once we've met him, he reminds us about stuff. Three, we're aligning our body and our minds, telling it it's like an outward sign of a declaration that it is about God. And um, four, it's about taking a uh, little bit of faith we have in partnering with God to do the things that he wants to do. As a family, what, do we, what can we do? We're not in this thing ourselves, on our own. We are here as a family for good reason. And I mean, it's sort of uh, reminding me of the old scum call, you know, crouch, touch, pause, engage. And I know that that's out, but anyway, tough. <laughs> but I just, I, I thought we, we really do need to be aware that we as a family owe it to each other. We need each other to rest. Guys, you need this couple, Roger and Tanya, to rest, to be able to rest in the, as they leave this church. We need, in the home groups, you need to let your home group leaders rest. Home group leaders, you need to provide resting places for your people in your small groups. And I, there were four things that I, I wanted to say. Was Firstly, we need to, to remind each other to rest. Because it isn't the, the telephone that rings on the desk. It's not that urgent uh, thing that is pressing us all the time. Remind each other to rest. If people are looking worn out, Remind them, you need to, looks like you need to rest, guys. Two, you need to create the opportunity to rest. And guys, if you're not in a home group or small group or whatever we call it nowadays, I don't know, what do we, what do we call it, fosters? <laughs> home group. <laughs> Connect group, okay. The foster, foster groups. Um, foster families. Um, we need to, you need to find yourself one. Because that is a place where there can be a place of rest created for you. You know, your, your um, home group is a refuge. It's a place where you can actually go and rest with friends. Guys, we need to release each other sometimes from obligations or commitments or expectations to, to release each other to rest. It's like, you know, if someone says that's Take me to the airport, and I know the guys have had an awful time. No, you, you release them. They don't have to be bound by, by things that they've said and, and obligations. And lastly, we need to step up. Again, as family, step up, step in. You know, if, if, you, need, if you see a family who needs babies to be babysat so that mom and dad can have a well-required rest, if you need to create an opportunity for people to go on a holiday break or to take some work off their table, you, it may mean that you have to take the load on your shoulders so that they can rest. Okay, is that okay? We, as a, again, we're not here on our own. It's not a bunch of individuals. We're family. And um, is that good? I was going to entitle... Uh, uh, Originally, uh, um, I was going to entitle this From Rest to Rest. 
And uh, Eugene actually brought uh, uh, a word to me at the prayer meeting. He says, you know what? I had a funny, funny picture. I saw, you run, I saw him running in a race, but the starting line and the finishing line was exactly the same line. And that's a wonderful um, illustration yeah, of that actually that is both our starting point and our finishing point. You know, that's where Father wants us to start from, to be launched from, and to return to every moment of every day. And rest and rest. So um, the, other, the other title for the sermon is rest is best, but you guys can work out whichever one you want to use. The same guy reminded me about Bob Jones's prophecy actually send me a prophetic word, and this is what I want to end on. And, um, and I, want to, I want you to listen carefully, because I do want to give the opportunity right after I read the, this word to anybody who wants to uh, own it uh, and to respond. So, again, Colin, Colin said this. I felt God say that for 2020, there is a greater accessibility to enter his rest than ever before. God wants people to rest in their souls this year. Instead of anxiousness or fearfulness, that has often produced unnaturally rapid breathing or rushing around, he has a supernatural peace and a rest to impart to our souls, minds, and bodies. I feel there's a call to take this pace of life a little bit a bit more slowly, and yet, in that, God will make our work more productive because we'll be more open to hearing him speak to us in the midst of it. Those who enter his rest will be highly favored. I feel this year, many warriors in God's kingdom will be trained through the resting in him. This invitation is for everyone. So I just want to invite you, as, as Colin finished off, invite you, if you want this year to be a year of, of experiencing God's resting place uh, and starting from his resting place, finishing back in his resting place, you want that open accessibility, then I invite you to stand. And let's, let's, I want to pray for you. Sure. Sure. Mm. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you that whenever we see your great exploits in the Old Testament, your big battles, so many times it was about the... um, the armies of Israel just standing by and watching you get the victory for them. And it must have been such a, a weird feeling and such a temptation to rush in and help you out. But Father, at the start of this new year, the start of this new decade, Lord, I thank you that you are God of peace, You are our Father who leads us in triumphal processions. We are incredibly safe. The victory is certain. 
we can be at complete rest in you, Lord God. You are not anxious about anything. And Father, I just pray that as these, these, these um, brothers and sisters are standing to acknowledge and to, to invite, uh, to, to respond to an invitation to um, enter your rest this year, Lord, and this decade. Father, that they may just have a fresh understanding, uh, that spirit of wisdom and revelation would just unlock their hearts, their minds, the spirits to see what the future that you have for them, the value that you are to, they are to you, Lord, and the, the fact that you dance over them, you love them, you, you'd celebrate. We are your inheritance, Lord. Wow, that is amazing. And Father, that we just have a glimpse of your incomparably great power that is working through us and on us and in us to achieve everything that you have for us this year, Lord. Father, I just pray that this year, as, as circumstances arise that seem too big and we feel that coil tighten up inside us, Father, that coil would catapult us into the resting place, not into harder work and into more effort, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. As I was preparing, don't, don't um, open your eyes yet, but as I was preparing today, um, another friend of mine said, he sees feathers blowing around in a multicolored wind. He knew that I was um, speaking on rest as well, and, he, and he, that was just the image that he got. And he said, we should, I should pray that the Holy Spirit would direct them into their promises. And Father, I just, again, again, want to release that over everybody here, Lord God, that those beautiful feathers, that are our, our dreams and our wishes and our hopes and our aspirations, Father God, that those feathers would be carried lightly on the, the multicolored winds of the Holy Spirit, that you would blow, you would direct, you would lead us as we meet with you in those resting places that you would actually speak to us and partner with us to make those reality, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just want to close off there, but, but I really do want to extend an invitation. If there's anyone here who doesn't know Jesus, who, who doesn't know what I've actually been talking about in terms of resting place and finding rest in Him, Please come and see us. You've got to know it to experience it. You know, it's like I could describe to you the latest Lindt's chocolate and the magnificent flavor and amazing it is. But you know what the word says? Taste and see that the Lord is good. So if you're here today not knowing Jesus or you've walked away or you feel that you need to refresh the relationship, then come on and pray for, for you with you. So yeah, bless you guys. Enjoy this warm day. And uh, see you next time. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.